Working drummer. Now kick it. This is the Working Drummer Podcast, serving up perspectives, experiences, and stories from ground-level working pros. Advice, tips, and secrets on how to build a career in the music business. Hey everybody, this is Matthew Krauss, and you are listening to the podcast Working Drummer. Today my guest is Anthony Centronitti. Since 2010, Anthony has been the director of the Collective School of Music in New York City. Many of us remember the school when it was known as the Drummer's Collective. Before his time as director at the Collective, Anthony has a history of performance, recording, and touring with major label acts, most notably the classic rock band Boston. Currently, Anthony has been in the process of launching a new app for musicians and other entertainment professionals to connect with their fans, students, and followers through real-time one-on-one video calls. The app is called Meat Hook. In this episode, Anthony explains how this new app can be a game-changer for many of us in the entertainment industry. Just a reminder, if you're compelled to support what we do here at Working Drummer Podcast, there are a couple different ways that you can donate. We have a Patreon page, patreon.com slash workingdrummer, where you can do a monthly donation at many different levels with many different prizes and incentives involved with that. We also have a PayPal button that we've put on the website, so if that is of interest, that might be an easy route for you. Anything and any amount is really helpful to the three of us keeping this thing rocking. We also have t-shirts available, and we've just designed that to be really simple. Just reach out to us through the contact page. To find out more about this episode and all the episodes that we've done over the last three years, you can find us at workingdrummer.net. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, and while you're there, leave a rating and review. It really helps us grow. Hey, everybody. For the next 12 months, we're going to be keeping you up to date with our friend Arjuna Contreras, or RJ, as he makes the move from Texas to Nashville. So at the end of this episode, you can listen to our quick conversation that gives us new news on what RJ is up to. Here's my conversation with Anthony Citronetti. When I came up with this idea, honestly, it was well before there was any technology to actually make it happen. The original idea came from, um, you know, just being able to speak to on the phone. I was even thinking, you know, back when I came up with this idea, it was about how can I make it easier for the musicians that I and talk to every day in my, uh, you know, in my day to day, I communicate with a lot of professional musicians because I'm here working at the Collective School of Music. I've been here for over 20 years and uh, I see that there, uh, that, you know, especially just in my life, from my perspective, Mm -hmm. the fact that I've been able to connect with and have conversations with and gain some perspective from so many professional musicians, I feel like it has completely changed the trajectory of my career because I feel like I'm one of the lucky ones that has been able to have these conversations and to learn from these people and not in the the formal sense of learning, even though I have done that as well. Uh, I just mean you know, those conversations that sort of shift your thinking. And sometimes it has to be someone that that you love as a musician and that you look up to and you have to hear it from them. And it sort of allows you to really look at yourself and figure out what 
you know, what maybe you should be doing that you're not doing already and maybe getting perspective because them looking at or hearing about what you are trying to do and helping you maybe helping find ways for you to navigate yourself to where you want to be. It's it's invaluable information and it's an amazing um, uh, benefit to, to have the ability to speak to these people. When I was, a student at the collective 24 years ago, I, uh, my, I was just telling this to someone the other day in the 10 weeks that I studied here, I had a clinic with Freddie Gruber, hmm. uh, with Dave Weckl, with Steve Smith and with, uh, uh, Jim Chapin all within only 10 weeks. And each one of those, because the collective does such a very intimate setting most of the time, I was lucky enough to have conversations with each of them afterwards. And not just like, hi, nice to meet you. I got into some nice conversations with them and I learned a lot. Okay, so stepping back from that, that was like, um, I just wanted to sort of lay out sort of like a foundation of that because that is kind of where the idea came from. Mm-hmm. So what Hook allows you to do is to virtually have that connection. So what I mean by that is that any musician or any skilled uh, professional in the music business can go on this app and set up a profile, just like one would on Facebook or Instagram. You set up your profile so people know who you are, what you've done, um, you know, a lot of these, a lot of these people, maybe they don't need an introduction to, to the outside people because right. they're, they're, you know, we all listen to their music and have been fans of them for years. But they set up a profile and then they can choose an amount of money that they need per hour, and they can offer themselves up through the app. It's like a face-to-face, one-on-one conversation. It could be a lesson. It could be maybe you want to get advice. Maybe you want to ask questions or hear a story. Um, you know, these musicians, uh, and professionals in music, you know, most of them have a lot of experience and they've been around the block. They've walked the path before us. So I have created this so that people who are not as lucky as I, and, uh, you know, they can't get the backstage pass to the, uh, you know, and have a conversation with them after the show or that don't have any other way to access these people. Now they can go on this app. They can find a musician that either has the skills that they want to learn, whether they've heard of them or not, or they search by name, find someone that they are, they're already major fans of and set up a time to speak with them. Now for the, for the, uh, for the host. Now I call the professionals when they set up their profile, they become a host of meat hook. So they're offering, they're offering their time and it's a one-on-one uh, video call. So it's basically like you're doing Skype or you're doing FaceTime, but it's through the app. If I could interject here real quick and, and, and pause on something that you said that I think is really great and unique. A lot of us, we know about Skype lessons. We know about connecting with people online for lessons. But one thing that you, you make clear is that Look, that's just one aspect. Another thing is, say you just want to hear a story. Say you want to ask a question and, uh, and kind of bounce ideas off another person. And I think that that's something that people are realizing are, is, is, is just as valuable, if not more so, than, hey, listen, here's how to play paradiddles around your kit, um, or here's how to play with a click. Those things help guide people to... Uh, experiences in the business that then help them 
in a musical way. But but I, I just I love that. I just wanted to make sure that that people recognize that that's a that's a part of what you're doing, and and it is unique than just the online thing. This is more than that. So uh, absolutely, and you know, I believe that the perspective portion is the most important because nine times out of ten, you're out there, you're trying to, you know, you're you're figuring out what you want to learn, what you want to, you know, what you want to be as a professional in this business. You're you're trying to sort of guide yourself through this career that you want to have for yourself or the career that you already have and you're trying to guide yourself to the next step in your career. Yeah. Sometimes, you know, it's it's very easy to get lost in that, to sort of, you know, uh, to be a little cliche for a second. It's kind of like uh, you're too close to the forest to see the trees. You know, yep. sometimes it's important to speak to someone who's been there already or has experienced a lot of the things that maybe you're trying to experience and get some perspective from them. Honestly, we have seen, since we did our soft launch at NAM 2018 in Anaheim in January, we have seen that most people that use our platform at this point are using it for that. They're using it for the stories, for the quick conversation, to ask a couple questions. And I don't know about you, but whenever I've taken drum lessons or voice lessons or uh, piano lessons I took for a couple of years when I was younger, nine, uh, 90% of the time I was just asking questions anyways. I wasn't necessarily learning technique, uh, even though, of course, that was part of it. But most of the time I spent in the lesson room uh, with any of the teachers that I've studied with, um, you know, most of the, most of the lesson was me trying to sort of get into their head and, and, and learn from them, uh, by having that conversation and having them understand what I'm trying to do out of my own mouth, I explain it and I get their perspective. So yes, I feel it's extremely important for people to understand that because I've spoken to many hosts or potential hosts for the app over the uh, the last you know six seven months, mm-hmm. and a lot of them initially they hear about it and they say, yeah, I'm not interested because I don't teach, and I have to make sure I explain to them, hey, listen, this really isn't a, just another way to do a Skype lesson. This, even though if you do Skype lessons, this makes it extremely streamlined and easy. You don't have to collect money. You don't have to go back and forth and try to figure out a day and a time that works. You don't have to figure out time zones. You literally just put your schedule in and the person on the other end finds you, finds the time that works, pays for that time. Then the time comes, you're both on uh, either your computer or your device. Uh, the, The app notifies you five minutes before so that both of you end up on time looking at each other face-to-face, having that lesson or that contact or that communication, that um, conversation. Mm -hmm. And the amount of time that you paid for starts counting down. And once it gets to zero, the call drops. So if you're a teacher who's already doing Skype, yeah. Uh, this just this sort of cuts out three or four major, major issues that I've heard come up all the time with these guys, you know, where they get kept on the they get kept on the, uh, you know, on the Skype call for an extra 20 minutes because they're like, oh, hey, I have one more question. Yeah. So it's not being timed and they don't want to be, you know, uh, they, they you know, they want to be a good guy or, or, you know, a good teacher. So they stick around. But, you know, it does. 
you know, three or four students do that, you've already lost an extra hour, hour and a half. And, you know, it's just not fair. So they're able to make money very streamlined and easy. They're, when they're available, they make themselves available. When they're not available, they're just not, you know, they're, you can't book them on the app. And that's just how it is. I think it's also, uh, but, hel- it's also helpful for teachers. I, I, I just started teaching again. And one of the problems I have is regulating my own time. I have to set my right. alarm on my phone uh, because I'll go over the time, and, and if I know that yep. the call is going to get dropped, then I know I have to get to the point quickly. That's helpful. Absolutely, mm-hmm. it's very helpful. I, I've seen it uh, a number of times where you know you just get to that final couple minutes. And, and let me tell you, there's another little. I, I don't want to uh, forget to mention this, and it's actually yeah. perfect because we're talking about the timing issue. Um, uh, one function that we have built into it uh, is that if the host, if you're reaching the zero mark where your call is going to be dropped, because let's say you book an hour, and by the way, you can book 10 minutes. If the host allows 10-minute sessions to be booked, you can book just 10 minutes. It can, you can, be, it can be as little as five minutes or as, as many as nine or 10 hours if, if the host is willing to offer that. So it's all based on what the host offers and the price the host offers. Uh, that you know that they're that they need per hour, uh, but what I was getting at with the timing is that if the host, if you're on the call with the host on the Meet Hook app, and the host doesn't have anyone booked behind you, and you got two minutes left on your call, the the app alerts you that you have two minutes left and asks you if you would like to extend. So at that two minute mark, you can opt to extend. And then what happens is the host, if you say, yes, I'd like to extend, it asks you for how long. And then you you literally just click a, click a button and the host is alerted that you would like to extend. They can either uh, approve it or deny it. And obviously most, uh, most of the time that it's happened to me, I've, I've allowed it. If as long as I have nothing going on, you know, afterwards, uh, but, you know, of course, these hosts are professional musicians, most of them, and, you know, they're busy. They may have a sound check to get to or, uh, you know, or maybe they have to go to a rehearsal or a recording session. Anyways, um, they have the ability to deny it or approve it. And if they deny it, they just hit that either way. They hit a button. And, you know, um, when it's happened to me, I've just told them, hey, listen, I'm really sorry. I have something booked right after mm-hmm, this. Mm-hmm. So I'm not able to let you extend it this time. But it's an easy way for someone who, let's say, booked five minutes and then they realize, oh, shoot, five minutes isn't enough time yeah. for me to ask. Hey, do you have more time? They don't even honestly, they don't even have to ask. The app, the app asks them. They decide. And then it's up to the host whether they have time to let them extend. But it is a very important aspect and function that has really helped uh, a number of hosts and and tons of users at this point. We've seen how people are using it, and that function seems to help people a lot. So I wanted to make sure that was... Yeah, no, that's that's really cool. Is there anything that you say you had a soft launch here in... in, uh January, and I don't know why that makes me feel uncomfortable saying that soft launch, but I'm saying it anyways. Um, <laughs> is, there, is there anything about this process over the, over the last, uh, sorry, nine months that has been a surprise? Or maybe, maybe I can rephrase this. Is there any, any way that people have been using the app that you're like, wow, I didn't expect it to be used this way. That's, that's what, what a pleasant surprise or what, you know, 
Uh, yeah, I could I could tell you a couple of things. Well, one of the things uh, that I was very happy to see, I wasn't so surprised, but I was happy to see, and that was a lot of the people that do use currently use Skype. They're they're using it because they have no other way, and they want to they want to keep teaching the people that are not in their local community. Yeah. So I have seen a number of people. Uh, two of them that come to mind right off the bat are uh, Daniel Glass and Rich Redmond. Both of them have turned on many of their Skype students uh, into Meat Hook users and have have basically stopped doing Skype and started using Meat Hook just because it makes it a lot easier for them. Yeah, so yeah. that's one thing. Mm-hmm. But one thing that I have noticed that did surprise me in the beginning is uh, someone like Chris Coleman, who is a host, uh, a very popular host on the app at this point. Um, he decided that it, the best thing for him to do was to make himself available for only 10 minutes at a time. Now, that surprised me, and I called him right up, and I said, hey, Chris, you know, I noticed that you're only available for 10 minutes at a time. I was just wondering why you decided to do that. You know, most people, they're going to want to, I would imagine they're going to want to talk to you for longer. He said, hey, let me tell you why I did that. And I think a lot of people should do that. He said, first of all, it's a new platform. So people are still a little like, hmm, how is this going to work? They want to sample it. And, you know, Chris Coleman, I, I, I'm, I may be off on this, but I'm pretty sure he charges 300 an hour. Um, wow. So if you think about it, he's 300 an hour. And if he's only available for an hour and you're new to this platform, you have to drop $300 to test it out. And to, or of course, you're going to get you're going to get an hour with Chris Coleman. But at the same time, you don't know what to expect. You've never used it before. Um, Chris said, you know, he felt like if he was going to offer 10 minutes, now it's like, you know, how much is it for 10 minutes if you're if he's 300 an hour? You know, it really it, it, it's a lot less to bite off, you know, for right. someone who's brand new. Right. Now you're paying $50 for 10 minutes. It's a lot easier for you to come up with $50 and then you do 10 minutes. And there's a couple benefits to that. Number one, you can get your feet wet with the, you know, with this new platform. You can see how it works. You only have 10 minutes. You're not spending a lot of money. So let's say it ends up being an experience you didn't like. Well, you didn't drop 300. You only dropped uh, $50. That's the first thing. But it's also made it a lot easier for people Uh, Of course, to, to, you know, like I just said, to book and to to not have to pay a lot of money, but then they see how it works. And now Chris can easily allow them to extend it. You know, they can get into a conversation, realize 10 minutes isn't enough. And now they have the ability. They don't have to get off and find out the next time Chris is available. They can stay on the call. They can they can extend it with this uh, with this function that I just explained. Mm -hmm. And now here now they're now they're on for longer because uh, now they, they did the $50 thing. They got 10 minutes in. They realized, oh, man, I, I love this, and I want more time. So Chris is someone who started using the app. I remember when I, when I started developing it, I couldn't wait. Chris is a friend of mine, uh, and we've been friends for a long time, so I couldn't wait to tell him about it because I thought he would dig it. And he couldn't, he couldn't contain himself when I told him because you don't, he told me, he said, Anthony, you don't understand. I get so many questions on Instagram and people are just constantly messaging me and I cannot, I don't have the time nor can I ever in a million years think that I'll be able to get through all these questions. It's just, I need a, it's like, 
It's like having a second job. And don't get me wrong, Chris is an amazing guy, and he will he will answer anyone's question for free. Uh, he just doesn't have the time, and he gets bombarded, uh, you know, with with these questions. So for him, he feels like, well, a lot of my fans they want to just ask me these couple these questions that they email me. If they see I'm available for ten minutes, that'll give them just enough time to ask me two or three or four questions, and mm-hmm. I'll get them some answers. Mm-hmm. And so that is, to answer your question, I feel that that is the most surprising thing because in my mind, I was thinking half hours, hours that you know because. I was looking at it mostly from the lesson perspective, even though I knew there was much more to it and people were going to actually realize they were going to be able to have conversations, hear stories and get perspective. But I was always looking at it from the lesson perspective and I never thought someone would want to book a 10 minute lesson. But then of course, when, you know, as we developed it and realized it was, it was really going to be useful for much more than just lessons. That's when the 10 minute thing clicked. And then when I saw that Chris was having a lot of success, just offering 10 minutes at a time, it really, uh, it really knocked it out of the park for me. And, and I've now recommended it to each and every one of our hosts. And I've seen some of our hosts make, make a lot of money by just doing 10 minutes at a time, because, uh, you know, honestly, you know what some people have also used that 10 minutes for? They have used the 10, they'd offer 10 minutes, they'd get someone on the line, and then someone ends up telling them, hey, I want to do an hour lesson with you. And they use that 10 minutes to figure out the day and the time that works. And the the, the, the host realizes, oh, well, um, since I'm now speaking to you, I know what you want to learn. Mm-hmm. I know that you're available next Tuesday at two o'clock. And I realize I am as well. As soon as we get off this call, I'll make myself available next Tuesday at three o'clock, which you said you're available for, and you can go book it right away. And then we'll have an hour. So it's almost like, uh, the, it, it gives them the ability to meet, to, to discuss what they might go over in that lesson if the mm-hmm. lesson does happen mm-hmm. and it just makes it much easier. So they sort of know what they're getting into because some people, they don't want to offer an hour to anyone under the sun. They want to kind of know what, uh, what right. to expect ahead of time. Right. Know? Right. Kind so of it curious. just gives them that buffer. So let me ask you, is there a way for the, the student or the person inquiring, is there a way for them to record this session I'm glad you asked. Yes, we built a uh, recorder into the platform. So uh, if you are a host or a user and you are on the call, you can literally, uh, there's a button that you can hit that records it. Now, it only records it so that you can view it later in the app. You cannot, and and when you sign up for the app, you you agree to our terms and services. Mm -hmm. um, And our terms... In the you know in our terms, it states very clearly that it is not allowed for you to take the content of your call and mm-hmm. post it online for the world to see. Uh, you know, it, it's basically for you to refer to later on. When I studied at the Drummers Collective in 1994, I recorded every single one of my classes, and they actually uh, they actually told us on day one that we should buy a recorder because this will be important. We're gonna, you're going to learn stuff so fast, they yeah, said, yeah. that uh, it would be in your best interest to record it so that you can archive it and refer back to it when necessary. So they encouraged all of us to go out and buy a recorder. I did. I have all my 
on cassette tape. I have all my recordings. Yeah, right. Uh, and, and I have referred back to them at times. Now I need to find a new cassette player because I don't own one anymore. I know. Um, but but <laughs> uh, but I felt it was very important for for especially in the lesson aspect uh, for you to be able to go back and watch it. So uh, for the lifetime of the app, or at least until further notice, we have offered this recording function for free. So if you have paid to take a lesson or to have a conversation or to do what we call a meat hook session mm-hmm. with any of our hosts, you as well as the host has the ability to record the session that you're on. And then when that session is complete, you can go into the media area of the, of the app. So when you log into the app, there is a, there's a link that says my media. Once you click on my media, you will see everything, every session that you have taken on the app uh, if you have hit the record button or if the host has hit the record button and you will both be able to access that session, you will have both the, because the, just so that it's clear, when I say meat hook session, that is uh, what, what other people would, you know, would uh, liken to like a Skype session. It is a face-to-face video call. Mm-hmm. So, we in the archived media section, you will have the the video of the host's camera and the video of your camera. So you will have both of those videos side by side, and you'll be able to refer back to it and fast forward and rewind as you need so that you can basically hold on to that for as long as you want. And as long as you do not post that on social media or make it public information, it is yours to hold on to and keep for the duration. And, and you know, that's something that you, you had to be aware of, especially in, in 1994. There was no YouTube. You couldn't share the stuff every once in a while. Something bootleg would get passed around on a VHS or something like that. But now information can be shared and exploited so fast that it, it, that seems like a really uh, smart thing. And the, the development of the app, I mean, where... Did you f- seek out sources to help do this? I mean, it, it, it all starts with an idea, but how did you go about getting it done? Well, it's actually funny. Uh, I'll, I'll just, I just wanted to um, tell you that while I was building code, so the app is basically you find someone who you, you think you can learn from, and then you, you can have that conversation. You can learn straight from the source. Yeah. If I, I felt the entire time as I was building the app, if I had an app like the one I'm trying to build that could help me find the information that I need when I need it, uh, you know, because everybody knows you can go to YouTube, just like you said, you can go to YouTube, you can put in some keywords, and you can find probably 80%, sometimes a little more of what you're trying to find out. But it's never, or it's very rarely, I should say, um, you know, uh, very personal to your situation. You can get kind of like, you can get like macro information, but when you try to get the micro information, the stuff that is actually personal and customized to exactly what you're trying to do, that's when it becomes difficult. Well, how's about if you watch a video or see a concert or listen to an album of, of somebody play and, or let's even an interview once, I don't know about you, but once I get done watching that or listening to that, I'm an uh, inquisitive person. I always have at least a couple questions that did not get answered in yeah. that video that I would like to find out about. So what I would normally do is go searching for that. So back to 
the development of the app, I always feel I always felt the entire uh, time I was developing it that if I if only I had something like Meat Hook that I could uh, you know search for a skill of someone that that someone already has and just sort of get ten. 20 minutes with them and ask them the questions. This app would have been developed in record time. But uh, because I didn't have that, I had to, you know, navigate myself through it. And I am by no means a technology person. I am not someone who knows how to code. Uh, What I had to do was, first of all, figure out exactly what I wanted to do and all the nuances with what I wanted to do and what had to what had to be a part of it for it to actually work. And of course, I didn't have all the answers in the beginning. Over time, as you develop the idea, you start thinking of certain cases. Oh, what if this comes up? What if that comes up? Right. And you try to figure out a solution for them. But what I had to do is I had to find someone that was in technology. And of course, I always wanted to find someone who was in technology and was also a musician. And even better if they were a music teacher, because then I, you know there would be less for me to have to explain to them because they would get it. And so I got really lucky. I found someone very early in my search. His name is Brian Bell. And uh, very early on, um, I had already had the idea. I had already come up with the name. Um, I went through a couple names. At at first, it was going to be just for drummers, and I was going to call it dialadrummer.com. And it was going to be a way for people to just ring their favorite drummer and have a conversation over the phone. And then as I was developing, that was the the idea way before I even knew this was going to be an app, you know. Um, As time went on, then I came up with uh, Music Live Connect. That's what it was going to be called because I thought, well, why should I just make this for drummers? It should be for all musicians. You know, and so I, as I got further in, I like that name, ahead, man. Music, music live connect. There, you could do like a commercial, like three o'clock in the morning with some really pretty girl, and it would be called music. <laughs> That's what it's. Sorry, it's just the first exactly thing, first thing that came to mind, man. I'm sorry. Absolutely, no, it's okay. And then as time went on, I realized, wait a second, this is bigger than drummers. This is bigger than music. There, I should come up with a brand name because what I plan to do. Once the music uh, category is fully launched and people are grasping the whole idea, um, I plan on uh, launching a new category, starting with entertainment. So I launched mm-hmm. the app with music, and now it's gonna. There's a lot of overlap with entertainment. You know, you get into TV and movies and writers and you know uh, producers, directors, you know script writers, you know, actors, actresses, um, comedians. I mean, the list goes on and on. The people in front of the camera, the people behind the camera, the people in the, in the development, uh, you know, realm. And and so from there, I plan to go into sports. Imagine if you can have a one-on-one conversation with your favorite baseball player as a kid, you know, Um, I, I always think of, you know, if, if the sports, if I'm able to bring this as far as I want into the sports category, I would I would pay an enormous amount of money probably to have a one-on-one conversation with um, with Michael Jordan. I'm a big fan of Michael Jordan, even though I'm a New Yorker. I was always a Bulls fan. You know, people hate me for that, but <laughs> I, it is what it is. I just was, you know, you can't deny that guy's talent. Oh, yeah, um, sure. So, 
Uh, Dennis Rodman, I was a fan of it, uh, you know, back in the day. I would love to have a one-on-one with him. So I see this going very much further, uh, but it's starting with music, and music is what's closest to my heart, and drums is what is uh, the biggest, uh, you know, closest thing I have in music because I'm a drummer. So it starts with drummers, and it, it, you know, sort of fills out with musicians and music professionals. I also want to make sure that people understand that you could also have a conversation potentially with a music lawyer, uh, with a, a musical director, with a drum tech, with a guitar tech, with a tour, uh, a, a tour manager. You know, it's not just musicians, professional musicians. It's anyone who has a professional job in the music business. And we have every skill lined out. And every day we find out there's a skill that maybe we didn't have in our list that we add to it. Uh, I had someone contact me a couple of weeks ago and said, hey, I have a 20-year career where I've been a stylist in the music business. I've been the stylist for many different musicians. I help them with wardrobe. And, um, you know, I, I get them ready when they, when they do photo shoots and stuff. And I think there should be a category for someone that does my, my line of work. And I said, you're absolutely correct. And we added stylist to the skill list. That's awesome. So if you're a host, if, or if you're someone who wants to be a host on Meat Hook, when you go to the Meat Hook app and you start setting up your profile, it asks you what skills you have in music. Mm-hmm. So you can choose anything from drums to law to marketing to production. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. So Is any that- skill that one could have in music will be on that list. Mm-hmm. Podcast host? <laughs> uh, yes, we have me- we have media on there, and we just recently added TV and radio because we have, uh, you know, we hear from people all the time, and they're saying, you know, uh, just like that stylist, they, they want sure. a category that, that specifically reflects what they have skills in. And so we felt that was necessary and important because... There are people who want to get into podcasting and that don't know the first thing. And instead of going to watch a video to try to learn and to try to connect the dots yourself, how about talking to someone who's already doing it and doing a great job at it? I mean, it, it'll help you get there so much quicker. I have a meeting tomorrow morning with somebody that's starting a podcast, but it's in um, it's in golf. And I, I, I am so not a sports person, but uh, the... the uh, so it's going to be interesting. Uh, so, well, at the end of the day, you can give them the ropes. It doesn't matter what subject matter exactly. you're talking about. You know, a podcast is a podcast is a podcast, right? Sure. Um, well, we don't. We like to think so, but uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> so uh, the name. How did you end up settling on Meat Hook? Well, I'll tell you, it was a six-month process. I had everyone involved. Everyone in my family. I had friends. I had kids. Uh, a couple of my close friends had kids that got really into it. I have, I saved it too. I got about 20 sheets of paper with kids writing. Um, I had one of my buddy's kids, uh, actually the guy who came up with our logo, which I absolutely love. I think it's the sexiest logo uh, next to the Zildjian logo. I love it. I've always loved the Zildjian logo. And the next logo in line, in my opinion, is the Mihook logo. Nice. I think it looks like a Superman, like a Superman sort of sure. insignia. Yeah. But any. Yeah. Anyways, uh, I got my buddy. I got my buddy and all my friends and family involved. And my buddy had his uh, ten year old. He was ten years old at the time. He really loved the idea. 
he sat around with us while we talked about it and threw names around. He ended up handing me like 12 sheets of paper with like six names on each. He had a lot of really interesting and creative names that he came up with. But, um, you know, we just we just thought of everything. We wanted it to be memorable, of course. We wanted it to have some meaning. We didn't just want it to be some random word. Um, and I felt like Meat Hook was a great name because, of course, it's memorable. Um, but I always felt like, well, this allows people to meet someone and it allows them to hook into their expertise. And so I feel like Meat Hook just make, made sense. I have had a few people think that it had something to do with a uh, – you know, like it had something to do with a porn site or something X-rated. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I can't I can't help the people that that, you know, automatically go there. Uh, but at the end of the day, I think I think, you know, just like when you heard YouTube, just like when you heard eBay, just like when you heard Facebook for the first time, you know, it takes some time for you to, to right. for it to sort of sink in. But yeah. I think as time goes on. It's going to prove to be a great name. And even if people don't love it right off the bat, I think at least they will remember it. And uh, I think over time, it'll, you know, when someone says Meat Hook, I hope and I believe that when someone says Meat Hook in the future, uh, you won't think of that big metal hook that, you know, that they use to to put sides of beef on, you will mm-hmm. think of this awesome app that allowed you to connect with your favorite right, music right, professional. Right. No, I hear you. I hear it. No, that's that's. I think that's really smart because when you go back and think about some of those things that you first heard. When I first heard YouTube, I was thinking, what's what's Bono doing now? What what kind of you know? It sounds like <laughs> Zoo Station or something exactly. like that. Um, and, and I think I, I think I had the same thought. I, I I think if I can remember back, I think I was like, yeah, I thought. First couple of times I heard it, I thought that I thought of you two, the band as well. Yeah, yeah. I still don't like the name Twitter. I just I, I cannot rap, and I, and I hate it more and more as time goes on. Um, but that's another <laughs> that's a whole other podcast discussion. This episode is brought to you by DrumSellers.com, the niche marketplace where drummers, drum retailers, and drum manufacturers buy and sell their gear. List your drums for sale for free. And the only fee is 4% if it sells. Simple. Check out all the new used vintage and custom drum eye candy at drumsellers.com. We've had a chance to speak with some people that are that are creating things like, like what you're doing. Like you're finding a need. You're finding a desire to do something. You even mentioned, this is something I wanted. And so I created it. And technology, as we begin our discussion, uh, technology is allowing people to do whatever you can think of in your head, and uh, which is wonderful. So for someone that wants to start something, that wants to, say, for example, create an app, start a podcast, uh, create a YouTube channel, start a thing, but it just seems overwhelming what would be your advice to them that is starting with a blank sheet of paper where do they go from there what's the first step to kind of get to the final goal well i think that's an amazing question and i have a couple things to say about that um the first thing i'll say the the overarching thing is and i learned this 
many years ago from my grandfather, from my dad. And, and as time goes on, all the books I've read and everything I've been interested in, it all seems to sort of point me back at that. And that is that nothing is impossible to do, especially if you can break it up into smaller, smaller, you know, smaller pieces. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, and I, I most recently heard Rick Rubin talk about that on a really amazing interview. If anybody is a fan of Rick Rubin or any of the albums that he has produced in his amazing career, I am a huge fan of his. And he did an interview, a really great interview with Tim Ferriss that you can find on YouTube for free. And uh, one of the questions that I forget even what the question was, but I remember uh, that he explained that if uh, that he looks at every project as a number of small little small little tasks and he breaks them up and because he breaks them up and he paces himself he is able to get to the finish line it may take him a week it may take him two weeks but i think that's the best advice anyone can give anyone if they're starting a project or if they have something that they really want to do and they're trying to get it done and they're trying to figure out how are they going to do it because it's so involved you take one step at a time, and even if you don't know what your third step's going to be, but you know what your first one can be, you start with that first one, and that first one will lead you to the second one, yes. the second one will lead you to the third one. Yes. And I feel that's extremely important. You can't be hard on yourself. No one has ever accomplished anything overnight. Rome was not built in a day. They took one step at a time. And I think that's the most important thing with any project, with anything that you have that you want to do. You have to take it step by step. And it all compounds and over time. Yeah. It really does. And the other thing is make sure it's extreme, that, that you, you feel very strongly and, and are very passionate about what you want to do. Because if you feel that you are and you get into it and you realize, wow, you know what? I thought that this was going to be like this. And now that I am involved with it, I see that it's like this. Be honest with yourself. Don't set your expectations up to, to, to a place to where once you get started, even like if it doesn't, I'm not saying give up because it's too hard. I'm saying as you start and you go through step one, two, three, and four, and you start realizing that maybe this is not what you thought it was, then be honest with yourself because you're not going to last the test of time and get it through to the final step if you're not if you don't extremely love what you're doing, be very passionate about what you're doing. That's the only way you're going to keep marching on because you're going to hit walls along the way. And if you don't really love what you're doing, you're not going to make it anyways. You're going to stop. So what? So the two pieces of advice are. Break it up in this, in, in, into as small pieces as you can and make sure and check yourself along the way and make sure that you are heading in the direction to where you are most passionate about it. Otherwise, even if each step is not that hard, you're going to get to a point if you're not very extremely passionate about it, you are going to get to a point to where you're not going to want to continue. And why waste time? I yeah. say you know, start, you got to roll with the punches and you got to take it step by step. And as long as you're very passionate about it, you're going to continue on, you're going to keep going and you're going to make it to, to the promised land for lack of a better term. Sure, sure. No, I hear you. Can, sometimes something can seem so overwhelming that you never take that first step. I moved, 
to New York City to be a professional musician, I all I knew was, well, I got to get to the city because where I'm at is not going to help me. Uh, yeah, with step that, one, step know? one, get to the city. And guess what? As soon as I get to the city, I, I saw 5,000 other things I should do. And then I just had to focus and say, okay, which one is the most important? And which one lines up uh, the best with what I want to get out of it? And, you know, and I wasn't, you know, I'm not, I, I'm not an expert. I'm not, you know, smarter than the next guy. All I did was uh, I just, I tried to stay as honest with myself as possible along the way and tried to make the right uh, choice. And guess what? Sometimes I didn't. And, you know, I realized it right away. And, you know, you just be honest with yourself and you make adjustments along the way because, you know, nothing is perfect. And, you know, sometimes you think, okay, I know the exact path. I'm going to do one, then I'm going to do two, then three, four, five. When you get to two, you might realize that three is not in the direction you thought it was. Three is in the other direction. Then you just have to be aware of that. That's why you have to take short steps. Because if you try to get from one to 10, overnight, you're going to probably skip over some important stuff that might tell you that three is over there and four is over there. You know what I mean? Yeah, no doubt. Can you give us a quick rundown of, of who you are, what your experience is in music, and and how it relates to the collective as well? So yeah, I started at the... I, I was a drummer starting at 10 years old. I went to... My dad is a booking agent and uh, manager in the music business. And so I was lucky enough to, at a very young age, be exposed to a lot of music and be able to meet a lot of professional musicians. So I was drawn to the drums. The drums picked me. I didn't pick the drums. Um, I started learning at school from the teacher that, you know, uh, that offered lessons at school at 10. Um, moving forward, I, I developed my playing more. And then when I became 18 and I graduated high school, I said, well, I want to play drums for a living. I want to be a professional musician, even though my, my dad wasn't really interested in me being a musician. I said, I have to do this. I'm not going to get anywhere living in upstate New York, Utica, New York, which is where I grew up. Mm-hmm. So I said, I have to move to the city. And the, there's a great school in the city called the Drummers Collective. I've already read all about them in Modern Drummer. Right. I applied and it's like, hey, that's where I want to go. And to me, it was like, I want to go there because even if I don't get a great education, which I thought I would get, but I said, even if I don't get a great education, I'll at least be able to meet all the teachers. I'll be in the scene. I'll, I'll be I'll be in New York City and meeting professionals that actually play out in the scene in New York. And at the very worst case scenario, I'll make a lot of friends. And I'll do some networking to maybe set myself up for maybe some gigs down the road. So at 18 years old, you know what's a crazy thing? Today is September 12th, uh, 2018. And today is the 24-year to the day anniversary of my first day studying at the Collective. Wow. Okay. I, was eight, I was 18 years old, and today was my first day, September 12th, 1994. So... I came here and took a 10-week program. Back then, it was 10-week. There was a 10-week certificate program and a six-week advanced certificate program. I came here and take a 10-week program. I met a lot of great teachers and, and, uh, you know, hung out a lot with the students who are now like my lifelong friends. They're from all over the world. And uh, so that's how I started my, uh, let's call it my professional drumming career. I was a student at the Collective at 18. Um, Soon after, I finished my 10 week program. I asked the director if 
he needed someone to work in the pro shop because I really wanted to stay in New York City. So I got a job working in the pro shop. Um, fast forward the next 20 something years, I worked every job at the collective and became the director, uh, was asked to become the director of the collective in 2010. I've been the director ever since the last eight years. And uh, throughout the last 24 years of living in New York City, studying at the collective and working at the collective, I've played in tons of bands. Um, I was in a, a really great band, a notable band called the Bush Pilots and in uh, 93, that was like the first professional band I was in. And uh, I'm sorry, not 93, 97, 98. And uh, I ended up going on tour with a band called The Smash Up in 2005. We released three records. Um, I was in a band before that called Engine Orange that had a huge deal with uh, Sony. They got, you know, same, same story as everybody else. <laughs> Started with a $2 million deal, ended up being a $10,000 development deal, got shelved, nothing ever happened. Right. Um, so fast forward to now, um, in the last 24 years, I've been a professional drummer in New York City. Um, I did, my, my claim to fame as a professional drummer is that I was offered uh, the drum seat in the legendary rock group Boston. I played as a full member of the band Boston for a little over a year, and we did only one big show, and that was at the Fiesta Bowl in Arizona, where I pay played on live TV and in front of about 80,000 people, and we played the Star Spangled Banner. Uh, that was like the, the gig of my career and uh, has gotten me so many gigs just because I was a member of Boston for a little over a year. People are still talking about it. It's crazy. They find out about it and I end up getting at least either meeting new people or getting a sure. gig because of it. Sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, the collective has been a big part of my development as a drummer and has uh, opened up so many doors. I got most of my gigs from reading the uh the uh, like an ad on the bulletin board at the collective of course nowadays you know uh the, the we still have the bulletin board at the collective but back then you used to have to find gigs by looking at the village voice or you know uh finding out auditions i'd go on every audition i could possibly go on i learned a lot from going on those auditions uh, but at the end of the day you know i am a uh I am a, a drummer first and foremost. Um, I've always been really interested in the business aspect of music. And uh, this school, from the day I walked in the collective, I felt so at home. And it's been my home away from home ever since. I'm part of the collective family. Uh, and I, uh, you know, I've, the, the collective, I've, I've been basically a part of this place for so long now. I've been a part of this place longer then I lived at home with my parents growing up. I mean, you know, I'm 42 years old and I've been apart for 24 years. So yeah, it's yeah. pretty amazing. It's brought me a lot of great friends. And I I was just telling someone today because it's my anniversary that, you know, I learned about the Internet being in this building. <laughs> and I, I I heard the modem for the first time in this building. And I said, what the hell is that? <laughs> and then I surfed. I surfed the web for the first time at the collective. I sent my first email from a collective email address. Yeah. So, you know, I, I owe a lot to the collective. You know, it's been a part of my life for 24 years, and it's really opened up a lot of doors for me. And uh, this great, this place is su such a great place. Uh, you can learn so many great things here. Uh, the, the walls could talk, man. This place has a 41-year a history. I've been a part of the last 24 of them, so I feel very blessed. And... Uh, 
that's my story. Um, yeah. If there's any... If I left any holes, you know, if you have any questions, I'm happy to answer Well, it, I remember growing up, you know, and seeing the ads for the collective. I don't, I don't even know if I, you know, asked for an application. And, and, and when I was searching for schools and what to do after high school, where to study. Uh, but, yeah, it's, it's very been uh, the collective. And, and before that, everyone knowing it, knowing it as the Drummers Collective has always been in the, the consciousness of the drumming community. Uh, as as New York is, very much so. Um, many great teachers from there. Um, you know, many of us know and remember Kim Plainfield uh, and yeah. the books. Uh, the, seeing the collective uh, on the the books that he wrote that I still have and work out of. Sandy Gennaro, who uh, I think lives in Nashville. Well, I do know he lives in Nashville, but he's. we're getting ready to uh, set up an interview with him next month, and I'm real excited oh, to talk to him. Oh, he's the best. Yeah. He's I, the best. He was my first teacher at the Collective, and he'll, he remembers that, too. He always brings it up to me. He goes, hey, don't forget. I, don't ever forget I was your first teacher at the Collective. That's great. So, well, we'll so, bring that up so for 24 sure. Years ago, 24 years ago today, I was in class with him learning about mm-hmm. uh, we were doing rock-style analysis. And he was teaching me all about the rock grooves that made rock and roll what it is today, or what it was 24 years yeah, ago today. Yeah, yeah. What an amazing time. That Just that one-on-one, man. It's like you, you really, it sounds like that, that whole experience has just kind of just really planted a seed in your head and say, I, I can't let this go. I've got to share this. I'm sure with the app, the, the, like you were saying. You're so that, right. That's how the app You're so right. Started. Started. Um, mm-hmm. The other um, teacher you have there is Peter Retzloff, and he's. I'm, yes, I'm from Columbus. Yeah, I'm from Columbus, uh, Ohio. It's where I grew up and, and studied at Capital University with Bob Brighthop. And I remember Pete uh, st- uh, teaching out of there, and he had his own room. And man, he, he was like a hermit in there, just woodshedding and teaching all day long. And I'm like, what is? Who is this guy? And like Peter Retzloff, man. It's like he's doing this teaching, and he's and he's going to do this tour, and and he might he might move to New York, and he's been going back and forth. He's thinking about next, you know. And I, of course, I don't remember speaking to him or getting to know him very well uh, when I was there when I was much younger. But um, I definitely know the name, and it's it's definitely somebody that uh, at some point would love to speak with. But I know that he's been part of the staff for a while. Is that correct? Oh, yeah. Pete has been on faculty since 96. Um, I've been working here the whole time he's been on faculty. He's the most popular teacher. He's the most, he's the busiest teacher in this building. Mm. And, uh, and, and yeah, you know, every student has nothing but good things to say. He's a really great teacher. And uh, he, you should definitely have him on your podcast. He has a lot of knowledge. And he studied with the same teacher you did, Bob Bryhop. I know Bob. And uh, Bob has done a lot for the school over the years as well. So, yeah, yeah man, great. we're in good company, man. There's a lot of great people. And thank God drummers are so, you know, uh, willing to share. And, 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 you know, we got some really great, uh, you know, people that play drums. And, and, you know, we're really lucky to have this community. You know, and you, you bring up something about wanting to, to move to, new, to the city when you were, when you were younger and, and, I, and all the things that you described. It just sounded like you were just ready for an experience. You were ready to, just to share, the, all, just create uh, this kind of exciting narrative for your life that could only come from just going for it. And the first step for you to kind of 
bring all this back around is taking that first step is just to move. I can so relate to that. I, I, I loved music. I loved uh, Columbus so much. I learned so much from the musicians there in my city where I grew up. And I know that experience is commonplace around the country and around the world. But sometimes just to make that next step, even though the world is so much smaller with technology, being where you need to be to to make a, to help cultivate the career that you want is sometimes so important, whether it's New York or Nashville or L.A. or Austin or, or Minneapolis or wherever you need to go. And sometimes it's just that first step, and the first step might be just to get away from that from your parents from that comfort zone uh to get out absolutely you know i just i I just heard that from a student the other day um because i I, you know uh we teach vocals here too so i was asking this vocal student as the director i always like to ask the student before they leave you know what made you come here how did you hear about it you know it's always good to know that information and one of these students they said you know the main reason i came here is because i was way too comfortable at home and i felt like i wasn't going to do anything unless I just got out and got out of my comfort zone. And exactly what you just said, I think a lot of people come from that place and it's really important. You know, you can't always lean on your family and your parents. And and the other side of it is the, the friends that I have now that I've had for many years, some of them are still back home where I grew up and they didn't take that chance and they did lean on their parents and they did want to stay comfortable. And, and you know, they're, some of them are miserable right now. They're just miserable mm-hmm. because they didn't follow their dreams. They didn't follow their, their, you know, what their, what they, you know, what uh, their passion was. They just sort of stayed really comfortable, and you know, and that kills that kills passion. It really does. One of the uh, a family friend of ours who passed away, uh, luckily of of old age. She was she lived a wonderful life. She was an amazing woman. A friend of our our family, uh, there's a thing at her funeral. Her name is Jan Baker, and they posted this thing. It's like a huge bookmark, and we keep it on our fridge, and it's called Janisms. And I saw it the other day. I was reminded of it, and I grabbed it, and I was like, you know what? I just want to grab this thing. I want to read a couple of these things because it, it's just – I just kind of had it set aside – uh, in case I felt like I needed it. And I don't feel like I need it for our conversation here, but I feel like there's a couple mm-hmm. things that she says that really resonates with and goes along with what you're saying right now. A couple things that were always her thing that she said uh, was, what's the worst that could happen? That's one mm-hmm. of the things she would say. Um, the only way to fail is not to try. Mm-hmm. Say it till you believe it. And what That's you- a good one. And what you send out comes back, which is wow. almost, you know, it, it's almost like, again, the Paul McCarty thing is, you know, the, the more you, the more you give, the more you get. <laughs> Absolutely. Right. She was very wise. And those are really great things and things to live by. And I, I believe in every single one of them. Yeah. And uh, it's very, it's very important to not, you know, don't do your, don't do yourself a disjustice. You know, you have to. You have to give it a shot. You know, if you feel it in your heart, give it a shot. Again, going back to what she said, what's the worst that could happen? You know, yeah. is somebody going to laugh at you? Well, let them laugh. You know, those are the people, anybody that's going to laugh at you for trying something. Uh, and, and let's say you try it and you fail, you know, well, 
it's 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 more of a failure if you don't try and that sort of goes along with one of the other things that you brought up i mean i i really truly believe that this life is too short to have regrets so you just got to go with what's in your gut and you got to try and give it your best and be honest with yourself you know and uh i stand behind that and uh you know i don't always make the right decision all the time but i always do uh i always try my best to know you know, to be honest with myself and to uh, just make sure that I'm making decisions for the right reasons and not from a place of uh, fear. You know, mm-hmm. I, I would much rather I would much much rather try something and fail than than sit around and think about you know what if I did that what if I did that you know it's, don't it's, be it's a horrible way to you. live. It is exactly absolutely. are going to try to make as much noise about me hook as possible so that we can tell the world we got this great app and they can you know connect and communicate with their favorite musicians and music professionals and uh, meethook.com that's m-e-e-t-h-o-o-k.com we're putting all this up on our news uh, events page right now on there as well and uh, we're really excited this is finally the time when we can you know, because we did that soft launch, like I told you about, and now uh, we are now doing this is, in, in our opinion, this is like our hard launch because it took some time to launch the app to figure out if there were little tweaks we had to make. We had to watch people use it. We had to make a few tweaks, make sure it was extremely user friendly. And uh, now we're ready to tell the world about it. And we have about, uh, we have a number of you know, popular musicians on there who play with in, in really popular bands that you know and love. And there's also a ton of other people on there that have a lot of great knowledge that you may not have ever heard of, but they are uh, skilled professionals and they are ready and waiting for you to book them so that you can learn from them or gain perspective. And, uh, you know, we can't, we can't wait to meet as many people as possible. We're going from California all the way to New York and many, many stops along the way. Uh, we're going to be doing a lot of live feeds on our Instagram and Facebook. We're trying to get as many people involved as possible. And we hope to see people either in person or live on the app, uh, live on Instagram. And uh, we want to involve as many people as possible in, the, in this uh, celebration of ours. Yeah, man. Yeah. Well, it's 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 pretty incredible. It's a it's a really cool thing, and I'm looking forward to taking some time and and digging into it more. It might be useful to to what we're doing and and to what uh, hopefully any of our listeners are doing. And I, I appreciate you taking the time to to talking to us, man. Oh well, thank you so much for having me, and uh, I would be happy to help anyone out that's interested in getting involved with Meat Hook and maybe. Uh, Maybe you don't understand how it works or you need somebody to walk you through it. I'm, I'm happy to uh, help out. I'm also putting some videos together to help people in case they can't get me quick enough and they want to just watch a video and, and understand. Yeah. But please, please feel free to call on me at any point and uh, I'd be happy to help and I'd love to get you more involved. Yeah. Anthony, thanks so much, man. This has been awesome and really uh, inspiring and, and informative. It's, it's been great. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much for having me. And uh, 
yeah, I look forward to checking it out, and I really love your podcast. I think you're doing a great thing, so please keep it up. Uh, the drum community needs these kinds of talks. You know, there's yeah. too many people that are out there that don't really get it, and this really, really uh, will help them understand. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 certainly informative to me every time I speak, and it's it's again, and today is no exception for sure. But thanks, man. Well, I'll be in touch with you and uh, let you know when things are out and. Um, and uh, hopefully we'll stay in touch. Awesome. Thanks so much, man. Hey. Peace and love. All right. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. I want to thank Anthony for carving out some time during his launch of this new app to explain it to us. This is an exciting time for many creatives, and the technology that we have to work with allows us to only be limited by our imagination. Anthony is a perfect example of someone with a vision that is making this happen. Hello? RJ. Hey, Matt. Hey. How's it going, brother? Good, man. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Good. Hey, where are you now? Uh, well, I just got back to beautiful Nashville, Tennessee <laughs> after a week on the road with, with Reverend Gordon Heat. Yeah. So I, I literally am outside of Ford's drum closet right now. I just, I just uh, checked out the new location and uh, spoiler alert. It's really nice inside there. It's really cool. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're still, you know, unpacking stuff and whatnot, but, but it's super nice in there. And so I kind of hung around in there for a little while, checked out some stuff and ran into a couple of guys that I know, as is always the case at Forks. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> <It's not the laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah, just literally walked out of there. Super cool. And I'm getting ready to go, uh, my new favorite uh, fast Mexican place, Baja Burrito, over there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, no, I'm I'm back in town and looking forward to having a few weeks now to to really get settled and start digging in, um, you know, uh, on the whole Nashville scene. I have a lunch and a coffee set up uh, with a couple guys later this week that I really respect and look up to. Um, super stoked to pick their brains and kind mm -hmm. of see what's up and just start really trying to trying to dig in out here no it's it's great to take advantage of that that downtime to to meet with people and to follow through especially when you say hey let's meet and you actually mean it um also i think that when you leave town when you move someplace new and you come back it's home it becomes home like mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah i totally agree you know i woke up this morning and it, it did kind of feel like that. It, it's weird how like, you know, I spent so many years in Texas, but you know, coming back from tour and getting back to my own bed and whatnot here and going out to get a coffee this morning, I was like, ah, this feels so good. Awesome. <laughs> it's good to be home, you know, even though it's only been home for like a week now. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, tell me about what's coming up in the next couple of weeks and anything in particular or just kind of, doing the social network kind of thing. Yeah. You know, a lot of, you know, a lot of hanging out, you know, I'm, I'm uh, going to try to check out uh, some, some, uh, like uh, some shows that are happening in town that uh, some of my friends are doing and um, just try to be out and about and, mm -hmm. you know, hanging out with as many people as I can and drinking as much coffee and having as much lunch with people as I can and trying to, trying to play, you know, mm -hmm. if there's anything, I'm actually not sure of anything at the moment in the, in the time frame that I'm in town that, that that's happening. You know, I'm, I'm bummed that I, I just missed uh, loud jams by like a couple of days here. You know, I know mm -hmm. it was, it was on Monday night and <clears throat> we got back from tour back to Dallas on Monday. And so I didn't, 
think, travel back to Nashville until until yesterday. Um, right now, it's just mostly networking, you know, but yeah. I'm hoping to, to jump behind some drums uh, really quickly here. Mm-hmm. And more than just jumping behind uh, a really nice set of, of V drums at a... Uh, at Forks, like I just did. <laughs> I'd, love to, I'd love to sit behind some drums and play with real musicians. <laughs> what a concept. But, what um, a concept. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> that's that's awesome. Thanks, dude. Okay. We'll catch up again in a couple weeks. Yeah. And, um, and have Sounds a great good. week, and maybe I'll run into you around town. Sounds great, man. All right, have a great week, man. Okay, you too, Matt. Talk, talk to you soon, brother. Talk to you. Bye-bye. All right, bye-bye. Stay tuned next week for Zach Albetta's interview. Many thanks again to Mike Jackson for his technical assistance. Many thanks to those of you who have donated to this podcast through PayPal and through the Patreon page. We appreciate your support in allowing the three of us to keep this up and rolling. But for now, thanks so much for listening, and I hope to see you around. Bye-bye.